Welcome back to Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. In Latin, Magna Vita means great life. Every week, we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional growth. We present the best practices and principles to help us build a great life. Last week, we talked about how to find fulfillment and meaning. This week, we listened to 32 episodes. The three best ones talked about leadership and happiness. But first, for the bonus for this week, wanted to share two things that happened last week. The first is that it was Mental Health Awareness Day, and I think this is a great initiative as we slowly work to overcome the stigma around mental health and getting the help that we need. We've shared this quote twice, but I think it's so powerful. We want to share it again. And just to set it up, it comes from Marcus Aurelius. He was a Roman emperor. He fought with his men. He went into battle. And so he is not just a therapist or someone throwing this out that hasn't experienced what he is exactly talking about. Marcus Aurelius says, Don't be ashamed to need help. Like a soldier storming a wall, you have a mission to accomplish. And if you've been wounded and you need a comrade to pull you up, so what? I love that message that he is focused on being his best self and to make a difference, to fight alongside his brothers and sisters, he knew that he needed help. And there's no shame in that. The other thing that happened last week was an incredible feat of human achievement. You may have heard, but Eliud Kipchoge was, did the incredible feat and broke the world record for running a marathon. He broke the two-hour barrier and ran a marathon in one hour, 59 minutes, and 40 seconds. Just to put this in perspective, that means that he was running a mile every four minutes and 35 seconds. His speed on a treadmill was 13.2 miles per hour. We watched a video and it was interesting. They showed that most people could do that pace for only a minute or two. And he did it for two hours. I actually, so I'm on a work trip right now and I actually tried to see how long I could do it for, or I wanted to try. But the treadmill that I was doing it on, it capped out at 12 miles per hour. The treadmill didn't think it was safe to go any faster than that for any amount of time. And Kipchoge ran it for two for less than two hours. It's just such an incredible accomplishment. And I think there are two main lessons to take from this. The first is how we all can break our own limits. They talked about, we watched a video and they talked about nobody thought that a sub four minute mile could be run. They thought it wasn't humanly possible. But once Roger Bannister did it, all of a sudden everyone, not everyone, but more people started to do it as well. Now they said that they've estimated that 1,400 people have done it. And it just shows that we have limits. In my life, I'll never probably run a sub two hour marathon. We do have limits, but most of us never come close to reaching our true potential. And so I love how Eliud Kipchoge, he set that incredible goal for himself and he worked constantly. He said all he did was eat, sleep, and run. 
But the other lesson to take from this that's relented, related to the Mental Health Awareness Day is that it took a team of people for this one man to do it. He talked about how his past rivals, people who he used to be bitter rivals with, came and helped him and they were his pacers. So these people would run in front of him to block the wind and they would change out to stay fresh. And I just, there's an incredible picture of him about to cross the finish line and you can see how happy and excited they are for him. And there's so many lessons from that and I think it's so important to remember that we can rely on others for help and strength when we need it most. And when other people around us succeed, that we too can take joy in that success, that we can recognize that we played a part in it. So hopefully these two bonus ideas help as we all try to break our own barriers that we put on ourselves. The first podcast from this week is another great one from The Art of Manliness. It's called Leadership Lessons from the Gridiron's Greatest Coaches. And they interviewed Michael Lombardi. He's an author who wrote a book about Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick, two of the greatest coaches ever in football. And there's some incredible leadership principles in this interview. And so I hope you don't think it's just about football because this will help us at work, at home, with our family. I just really liked the stuff that they talked about. And the first part that they talked about was they said how their number one job as a coach was to create and maintain the right culture for their team. I love that lesson that it's not about designing the perfect play or being the smartest. Instead, it's about making sure they are creating that culture where they can succeed. And they said great teams are great because of their culture. And the number one thing to create a culture is accountability. This is something we talk about a lot in the Air Force, how culture is defined by what we allow. It starts small. If we allow a bad joke, then it sends a message and it can lead to worse actions. And so it's the same with better things and building a positive culture. But we have to work on it every day. And that's why they said our culture, what we're going after, has to be simple. They said Bill Walsh had 17 standards of excellence, but they were simple and that's what made them so powerful. It was also helpful that he kept emphasizing them. He would constantly repeat them so that everybody knew what was expected and what they could do to succeed. And sticking with culture, they talked about how success starts at the top. They said it all starts at the top of the team. That's where it gets its culture and character. It's from the coach and the quarterback. They said Belichick sets the example because nobody works harder. He's constantly focused and working to prepare for the next game. The next theme, and sticking with this accountability part with culture, they said that Belichick and Walsh weren't afraid to confront people and to tell them if they were doing something wrong, but they never yelled at people. They always treated them with respect. And I really like that message that we can still 
hold people to a higher standard. We can help them reach their potential, but we can do it in the right way. We don't have to yell. We don't have to be upset. Instead, we can help guide them to a better place. The next theme was authenticity. I thought it was really interesting. Michael made the point that coaches who've worked with Belichick haven't done well after they've left and become head coaches themselves. And he said that's because they've tried to be Belichick instead of being themselves and playing on their own strengths. And I think that happens all the time where we try to be like someone that we look up to and sometimes it may work and that may they can still be a good example for us, but we don't wanna go against our weaknesses or we don't wanna be someone that we're not. The next theme was about sacrifice. They said that when they look for players, they look for mental toughness and the ability to put the needs of the team over their own individual needs. They picked players who recognized the group was more important than any one individual. Michael said, teams win games, not talent. And I really like this principle and it because I think what happens is when we put the needs of others first, we do better in the long term. If you think about some of the players that have played for Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh, whether it's Tom Brady, uh, Montana, Joe Montana, Steve Young, these are some of the best players that have ever played the game. But it's because they were willing to commit and to be all in, and they were willing to sacrifice for the good of the group. And I think that's a great lesson that we can take to our family and to work. That if we help others succeed, then it will lift us all up. And the next part that I like, they said to be successful, we have to be able to define why we exist and what we do best. And for example, I was thinking about Amazon, how they're a logistics company more than a store. They get people things fastest and that's why they're successful. So that because they have that purpose and that vision, they know what to focus on and they're able to forget about other stuff and not get caught up in trying to compete with people on different measures or metrics. And the last part that I really liked from this podcast was the message that we need to focus on process over results. And this was interesting because when you think of Bill Belichick, it seems like all he cares about is winning but they said that they actually love the process. They don't focus on the results or the scoreboard. And they said Belichick is, face, is chasing perfection, which makes it so that he doesn't become complacent with his current success. They said, don't worry about what you don't have, just focus on what you can do. And finally, Joe Walsh told his players to focus not on the scoreboard, but on their job. He said, just do what you can control. And when we have that focus, the score will take care of itself. The next podcast is On Purpose with Jay Shetty. He interviewed Mark Randolph, one of the co-founders of Netflix. And I really liked Mark's focus on his priorities. He said his number one rule and goal in life was to stay married because he wanted personal success more than he wanted professional success. 
And I love that he had that vision and he understood that he needed balance and he knew what mattered most to him. Mark said, you have to make time for what's most important. Every Tuesday at five, he had a rule that he would leave the office and he would go on a date with his wife. No children, just the two of them. At first it was tough, but then people after a month realized it wasn't going to change. And what's even better about this is when the leader does that, it gives the other people permission to do the same. They realize that they could also prioritize their time with family. And getting to more of a professional note, Mark talked about how everyone tells you to follow your dreams, but no one tells you how. And he said the idea is important, but not nearly as important as the execution and making it happen. To illustrate this point, he talked about Netflix, and when it first started, it was a video rental by mail service, and it took them two and a half years to find a business model that actually worked. And this shows the power of perseverance and sticking with it. It also shows that we shouldn't be afraid to pivot and try something new. What was interesting listening to this was hearing, we think a lot of times these great companies have a genius idea, everything's easy, and everything goes well. But it was interesting to hear Mark talk about how so much of the success of Netflix was about luck and timing. He talked about how the DVD player was widely adopted, which enabled them to start sending out DVDs. The other part that was super interesting was that both of the co-founders happened to be fired from their jobs together. And when, when that happened, they were commuting together and they said that they would come up with ideas about a business that they could do together. And they said most of the ideas they came up with were no good. Mark said Netflix was almost personalized baseball bats or customized shampoo that those were two of the other ideas they were considering. But he said, if you're going to do something, pick one thing and do it really well. So Netflix in the beginning, they were selling DVDs as well as renting them. And this was bringing in a lot of money, but it was confusing their customer. They didn't understand what Netflix's purpose was. So they decided to walk away from all that money to figure out how to make rentals work. And it shows that sometimes we have to take a leap and we'll figure out how to fly on the way down. Mark said, just start trying things and you'll learn and make it better as you go. And I really like this idea. He said that we can find a good idea by looking for pain, where people are struggling and how we can help them. The last podcast from this week is another one from On Purpose with Jay Shetty. He interviewed Laurie Santos. She's the professor of the most popular course at Yale on happiness. And this was an incredible podcast. She gave some great ways we can find happiness and ways that we can find better meaning and fulfillment in our life. And what was interesting was she talked about how at Yale, this incredible accomplishment to go there, You'd think that everybody would be happy and they would all be feeling great about the rest of their life. But she said that one out of four students ended up taking her class. And it shows that happiness is a journey. 
and no accomplishment will make us happy forever. She talked about how our mind deceives us visually with things like the dress that's blue or yellow, but it also deceives us in more important things like what will make us happy. She said college students think that the perfect grade or the perfect job will give them happiness, but she said there's actually a negative correlation between grades and happiness. And researchers, they think that's because social connections are what matter most for happiness. And there's an opportunity cost to seeking perfect grades. It takes away time that we could be using to build relationships and to meet new people. And so big theme of Laurie's work is that what we expect to make us happy doesn't actually work. And a big one for this is money. She quoted Jim Carrey, the actor who said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. And I love this message that so much of our life, it feels like we're constantly chasing one more thing or the next promotion, the next raise, the perfect job, the perfect school. But if we can't be happy right now in the present moment, those things will never be enough. They've done studies and they found that after we make $75,000, which is a lot of money, we need enough to take care of our food, our shelter, our clothing. After we have that foundation of $75,000, no increase will affect our happiness and levels of well-being. And this is, they just got back to the importance of social connections. That was a big theme with happiness. They did a study and people were happier after a morning commute when they went outside their comfort zone and talked with the people that they were riding with. Even though everyone expected that this would make it worse. We all dread talking to someone if it's on the bus or the train, but they found that even for introverts and extroverts, that social connection gave them happiness and helped them the rest of the day. And this is another example about the dangers of labels and the power of self-fulfilling prophecies. If we go into a situation thinking it's going to be terrible and we won't have fun and we shouldn't talk to anyone, if we don't do those things, then it's gonna become true. It will be a horrible situation if we go into it with that mindset. The next theme that Laurie talked about was the importance of time. She said people who focus on being wealthy in time are happier than those who focus on being wealthy with money. She said we try to fill our life full of activities to be happy, but it does not lead to actual happiness. And this gets to a bigger theme and a point that we're constantly telling everyone we're busy, but she said when you actually look at the research, we're not busier than we've been in the past. And a way that we can change this mindset is to, gift, is to give ourselves some time, to give that to ourselves as a gift, where we can do what we want, where we can disconnect and just be with ourselves and do whatever feels best, whether that's meditating, journaling, exercising, that can be time for us to recharge and to become better. Another key to happiness, Laurie said, is gratitude. She said writing a gratitude letter can take 10 to 20 minutes, 
but it can bump our happiness for up to a month, according to research. I think that's an incredible return on investment. If we can just take 10 or 20 minutes, we can feel better for up to a month. And more importantly, it will mean so much to that person who you give it to. I know that my wife has done an incredible job at her work and she's received several gratitude letters or thank you notes and she still treasures those and keeps them as a reminder of the difference she's making and when times have gone well because that gives her strength for when times are hard. And the next part that they talked about briefly was procrastination. And they said we procrastinate because we're so worried about the destination we don't enjoy the journey, that we want everything to be perfect, but instead we just need to break up the project into small steps and look forward to each one of them. We can focus on what we're learning, and instead we don't have to be so stressed and anxious about the final result. She said, we expect perfection, which leads to procrastination. And to close, Laurie shared, three tips for happiness kind of summed up everything she'd been talking about she said the biggest thing that separates happy people from unhappy people is social connections they've found through research that loneliness can be as bad for us as smoking 15 cigarettes a day her second tip to be happy is to take time to be present she said that could be journaling meditation prayer Whatever it is, we want to find ways that we can actually be in the present moment so that we can enjoy it and help those around us. And the last tip to be happier is to focus on healthy habits and practices like sleep, exercise, and nutrition that will be the foundation for everything else we do in our life. In closing, we hope these tactics and tools about leadership and happiness help you or someone you know this week to build a great life. Thank you for the reviews and sharing the podcast. It makes such a difference as we try to help someone each week. We can't do this without you. Thank you for listening. We know you're really busy and it means a lot that you're here with us. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you.